Welcome to a Script to Screen workshop podcast. Script to Screen is a charitable organisation developing the craft and culture of storytelling for the screen in Aotearoa, New Zealand. In May 2021, Script to Screen partnered with the Aotearoa Screen Publicists Collective to present the A to Z of screen publicity wānanga. The aim of the workshop was to show the many ways screen publicists can work alongside creatives to ensure their stories are discovered and watched by their target audiences. The sessions were recorded and this is one of 10 that you can listen to. Each session has its own whakatauki befitting the theme of the discussion. Ka whati te tai e pao tōrea. When opportunity strikes, seize the day. Welcome to Coffee and Publicity. In this session, we hear from Adria Buckton from Trigger Marketing and Publicity and Leander Burrett, the Marketing and Publicity Manager at New Zealand On Screen and Audio Culture, in a corridor about getting the best out of an hour with a publicist. Adria Buckton from Trigger Publicity and Leander Borrett, who has been in various, we've followed each other through various industries for almost three decades. Uh, <laughs> music, film, comedy, back and forth, and Leander's now at uh, running New Zealand on screen and audio cultures, socials and publicity. Um, they are also both mentors for a new scheme that was set up during COVID last year because obviously the bottom fell out of the live music and live arts um, quite severely. And so one of the things that the music side of New Zealand on air did was set up a, a music publicity mentoring scheme, which is sort of otherwise known as the Coffee Cup Fund. And I will hand over now. Oh, hey. Hey. Um, kia ora, everyone. So, um, Right, we've got a little clicker here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're supposed to tell you about getting um, the best out of an hour with a publicist, and hopefully we can do that. And hopefully we can do that. <laughs> um, so where do you start? Um, so you've got a script, you've possibly spoken to legals, you've commenced a budget, have you spoken to a publicist? Um, so we have both been part of this scheme as Gemma introduced um, that I've kind of dubbed the Coffee Cup Fund because probably like lots of publicists in the room um, who've been working in the industry for some time, we get approached um, for a cup of coffee fairly frequently um, and I like to put my hand up a lot to say yes, uh, but it's not always possible to say yes to every single person. Uh, but this has kind of been a bit more of a formal way to um, engage a publicist with a small budget attached, and it's very small, it's $500, uh, and each publicist breaks this down um, how they see fit. Uh, but it does have to have some KPIs, and we probably don't need to ding-ding that. Oh, key performance indicators um, and report back on what you've achieved in the sessions so it's tangible. Um, so I've just kind of scooted over this, um, but Leander is going to talk about um, how a publicist might tailor the meeting for the client and we wanted this to be kind of informal because I realise when you've got a project and it's, it's potentially just up, you've just written a script, you might be super nervous um, about speaking to a professional, but this is supposed to be really supportive and a um, environment that you can just grab an hour or two um, with someone and get some professional assistance. 
All right. Hi. Um, so basically, um, as Adrian said, each... I'm sure that each mentor approaches this block of sessions differently, but so I'll talk about how I do it. Um, so essentially, um, it's really important for me to understand the project. So that's talking about what are your limitations, what are your budget, what is your resource, how much time do you have, what is your experience, have you had any runs on the board with anything else you've done before, do you like doing social, do you freaking hate it. Like, what, 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 is this, what does life look like for you with this project and what is your experience? Um, and then once we sort of get, once I get an understanding of what that looks like, then that will kind of inform the rest of the sessions because not everybody's the same. Not every project is the same. Not everyone has the same staff. So it would be pointless as a one-size-fits-all you know, exercise. So... Once that's done, then we sort of nut out the, the remaining sessions. And for me, I like to give a bit of homework. So um, that that time can be used in a practical way. So if anybody needs to, you know, they're already if it's an, a fellow publicist and they're unsure about what assets they might need or whether they've the one sheet they've written is any good or whatever, then I'll go, okay, okay, cool, go away and nut that out, come back, we'll, I'll read it and then we'll chat about it in the next session. Just to kind of give some guidance because, you know, we've all sort of <laughs> done a lot of that stuff before. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so alongside that is also just, so there is that practical element um, so, the, and that can also, because I also do marketing and, and a musician since I also do radio plugging for music as well. So, and because I've been a TV producer and I do publicity and I make the social and write the social and upload the social and I do the analytics. There's a lot of stuff that I can kind of help with. So, um, so with that practical sort of um, hints and tips stuff is also like cheap and easy tools, ways to cut corners. Um, you know, if your audience is this, then don't bother about that. Just do this and, you know, you'll be cool, man. It's okay. Um, and so that leads into support. So um, it's really hard being a creative person and applying a business mind to it. Um, not everybody's cut out for that. And even as a publicist, it's also really hard because there's a lot of, that you carry on your shoulders in terms of wanting to do the best job for the project, for the person, and so much of it is just banging on doors and going, hey, I've got this really cool thing, you should totally get into it. Can you do this interview or whatever? And people just going, nah. <laughs> and you're going, fuck. <laughs> you know, so... And, then, mm. that, and quite often people have come to me saying, yeah. I'm getting doors slammed in my face. What am I doing wrong? And so that that's a great... Um, that's a great discussion to have because sometimes the artists going directly to media um, can be really difficult also for media to, to say no. Um, they prefer often to have a bit of a gatekeeper and someone else to say no to. Um, and you might also find out why if you're a professional in the industry because you have those relationships and you can have a discussion and you'll see why that wasn't a fit. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, and also, yeah, just also as well, that having that level of ob objectivity about the project because a publicist or, you know, in the music sense, a manager or something might see the avenues, um, but when you're the creator and you're really close to it and it's really personal, you might not be able to see those extra angles. 
I mean, I will preface that with it's got to be authentic and real and it's not just making up bullshit to sell tickets. But, um, yeah, so anyway, so there's a, a good chat about support and that's emotional support, making sure that they're supported as well because that's very important to me and everybody, I hope. Um, oh, yeah, next, next slide. Sorry, mm. and... I think we've got a case study. We do, but I'll just burn through it super quickly because it is music-based, but I hope it sort of gives an example of how each session can be tailored to the individual so that they come out with the sort of the best way forward that's going to suit them. Because if I talk to a different band, which I did have a second case study, which I've spared you from, um, then that's completely different. So... Um, essentially, through that first chat that we had, um, the duo are, you know, it's an electronic music duo, one, one dude based in Melbourne, one dude based in Auckland. Um, they have a music distribution deal on Australia, so they're already releasing music and stuff's happening. Um, and the Australian team are taking care of their publicity there, but they have to do it themselves in New Zealand. So they both have full-time jobs, they're time poor, um, and they're not really that into the business side of music, but they know that it's... Well, they're into it, they, but it's just they not... They success. Yeah, they, but <laughs> uh, like anything, you know, like they, they make music to be musicians. They don't necessarily do it to be businessmen. Um, so our session centred around, um, because of these challenges you can see here on the slide... Um, a big thing for them was um, planning and timelines because some of the stuff that they weren't achieving was based on the fact they just didn't have stuff together in time. So we really worked through what those roadblocks were. Um, I shared with them some best practice in terms of, well, media need this amount of time, a publicist needs this amount of time. When it comes to music, you need three weeks so that your, you know, DRM can pitch your music to Spotify so, and they need a thing and this and that and the other. So that would all sort of be specific, obviously, to film in, in that instance. So we worked through that and through that and also, you know, got a planning calendar in place that was cloud-based so they could talk to each other and move, move the building blocks around and always be in communication about what needed to be done and when, particularly when they're both super time poor, they work on other staff. So there were some practicalities that we could share and talk about, which um, was really helpful for them. They also really wanted to reach outside of just George FM. So um, through the fact that they'd had collaborations with other artists and they did have, you know, really good support with DJs and promoters and were playing good gigs, that there was a lot of leverage there to be used with commercial radio and having chats to ZM and finding out what the gateways were to get them played in other areas to get to those new audiences. Um, we also then talked about, um, you know, and this would be something that I talk about a lot with um, artists is publicity, I guess, is traditionally the thing that you don't pay for, but you pay a publicist to do, whereas marketing is what you stump up cash-wise to make shit happen. Unfortunately, these two avenues have just getting closer and closer and closer as time goes Digital by. Digital marketing. Yeah. Um, so that if you're looking to cover... Well, timeout's not even a thing anymore. Okay, the cover of a thing, <laughs> a magazine, let's say, then they'd also be wanting you to spend some money as well. So it's just having those 
discussions about how you achieve any sort of major campaign objectives because sometimes it's not as easy or easy And as sometimes a fresh set of eyes just jumping in because I've um, mentored an artist that Leanne's, um, Leanne has also worked with who's also in the electronic music space and specifically dubstep, which is not mainstream. Um, but sometimes someone can come in and go, hey, you know this female vocalist you have, she's also a um, sign language expert and I reckon we could potentially go for a little piece here with that. So uh, it's something they hadn't thought about because it's not about the music, but as we are storytellers too, as publicists, we're trying to find that additional story and that can be the advantage of going to someone that can connect those dots. Mm. Totes. Um, so, yeah, so, but anyway, by the end of the sessions and uh, some homework and some good long Zoom sessions, um, you know, they, they had a sort of an, a plan for the next eight months that not only included the single that we were currently talking about, but the EP release and um, a tour that they were going to do um, and, and sort of strategically planned out what, what assets they would need when when not to sort of blow opportunity too soon because you might need it for the thing that's actually going to get you more money and that's true. Um, and, you know, and that was sort of the end of that. So <laughs> I hope that gives a bit of a snapshot awesome. as to how things can be tailored around an individual project. Cool. And we're trying to speed through it. Um, this isn't... <laughs> ideally a pitch session to New Zealand on air. However, um, hey guys. Hey guys. <laughs> we thought that we would just theorise a bit and perhaps um, see how this could potentially be um, adapted for the screen sector, because that's why we're all here today. And given that there, um, you know, there's a relationship there between the departments, uh, the governance around it and the criteria um, potentially could be mapped and shared and hopefully not too much work and potentially it's in that journalism, I don't know where it's going to, where it could land. However, um, we think it's hugely valuable um, to spend a couple of hours with a publicist to set your strategic goals and um, $500 isn't a lot and you're not going to have us there forever unless you stump up more, unfortunately. <laughs> that's just the reality. Um, but we can at least get you off on the right, um, the right pathway, particularly for independent productions. Um, yeah, so... Your turn. Oh, right, okay, cool. Um, so I guess, yeah, what can you use a few hours with a publicist for? And I don't know, we kind of like the meat in the sandwich a lot of the time between, you know, media and audience and production. And so we, we're kind of uh, haven't had to deal with lots of stuff. So, you know, I guess we're sort of touching on there's the practicalities and the technical methods, there's contacts, um, timelines, budgets, really helping you determine what's the must-have and the nice-to-have with your project, particularly when you feel really frickin' overwhelmed with how many options you've got and bugger all time or money to do it. So um, knowing... Pitfalls. Yeah, totally. Um, so, you know, making sure that you're maximising all the opportunities across your production timeline. So whether that's, you know, in pre-production, we were just talking about Batman before and making sure that someone's suit was going to suit the doll that was coming out, you know, that level of crazy. Um, Epic level budget yeah, right there. Yeah, by the way. Um, <laughs> you know, we can also be devil's advocate on your campaign and go, okay, well, have you thought about 
this? Have you done that? Social content ideas, hangover cures, dealing with difficult talent, um, cleaning up me a press mess. <laughs> no, hopefully no one ever has to do that. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty broad. And uh, before you go into such a meeting, we thought we'd um, put up a few useful questions for you to ponder. Um, you do have to do some mahi. Uh, that before you come in and you'll get the most out of it by doing that. Uh, so I don't know if you can read the slide, but um, we've talked about timelines, we've talked about budgets, we've talked about identifying what collateral you might need. Um, even advice, which I'm often asked, even funneling through New Zealand on Air, which is interesting, is what funding might be available to me. And it's interesting that publicists often get questions that aren't necessarily... They just don't know who else to ask. Um, and often we are in, engaging with government agencies, so they think we know everything about funding that there is to know, which we don't, by the way. Um, but I am going to sit down on a rainy day and read that document, Katie, at some stage, because I'm fascinated that it's all there for all of us to read. Um, yeah, so we could ask that. Um, and you might have done some research for that yourself. Um, how do you currently connect with um, your audience? And Chris had a great session just before where he talked about your own currency. Um, you know, what are you posting on your LinkedIn? Maybe just doing a little bit of a social audit of your own channels before you come to this meeting so you kind of know where you're struggling, um, where you want to be, um, yeah, and perhaps you've seen some other voices that you really feel a kinship with and you're like, I, I want to be like them, but I'm not sure how to start or, um, but it does need to be authentic. So, yeah. Hmm. All right, are we, on, are we on to the next one? Okay, oh. we can, <laughs> we can do the next one. Uh, and we've just really quickly wrapped it up with some of our um, favourite PR tips and... There is no silver bullet. I'm really sorry to say, like most things in life, you're not going to come to us and um, we're going to put your project into the stratosphere instantly. There's a lot of groundwork that needs to be laid. Um, it is called playing the long game. We've talked about longevity and um, project life cycles and PR being involved along those. So um, it's really important to make your project the best it can be. We know everyone has budget constraints. Um, even blockbusters are working to a budget, believe it or not. Um, we talked about um, business versus creative mind. And if you completely neglect marketing and audience strategy, you might come out with a beautiful uh, project that connects with nobody. So it's super, super important. Um, be hungry and learn. And this is something that I think most um, publicists can adhere to. It's that most successful producers, filmmakers, storytellers that we know are really bloody hardworking. It's not easy. It's, it's unlikely that your first project is going to strike gold. There is super super talented humans that are, you know, freaks, um, gorgeous freaks, but uh, you do have to work really hard and learn and learn the business that you're in. 
Um, I've also said don't try and do everything and you will get advice from everywhere. It's like having your first child. Everyone wants to give you their five cents when you bring the baby home. Um, you'll have a friend that says, you've got to be um, podcasting. You, why aren't you on TikTok? Why aren't you doing YouTube? Um, you're not nailing it. And then you'll read a blog that says you must do email marketing. There is information coming at you from everywhere. Um, but you need to be really clear about where your audience is. And um, just really quickly, I worked with a beautiful um, filmmaker, Tosi Tamasisi, and one of his first films, um, Michael, rest in peace, he's departed, um, beautiful man, he um, and I and quite a few of us went to church. We went to church, we went to, went to churches we'd never been to before because we knew our community that we wanted to reach out to were there. And it was really brave and I felt really vulnerable. All of us felt really vulnerable. But if you can identify where your audience is, go there, be open and yeah, just be vulnerable. Um, creative documentation and Court um, spoke about this and we've had some amazing international talent talking about this today. Show us behind the scenes, please. Please document what you're doing. It, it doesn't matter. Um, some of the stills that we might take might not be of the quality that we want, uh, but even what happened with Creamery um, and how Courtney gathered cast members' images, that's an indication of how important it is for you to enrol and enlist your team of people around you to capture what's happening because you just don't know when you're going to need it, okay? Um, and that also saves budget at times. I also loved Chris's story um, about paying <laughs> the crew $100 if it um, ended up. That was just such a cool idea and I'm definitely stealing that. Um, yeah, document your stuff. <laughs> Come on, I just press the next oh. thing. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, okay, cool. Um, set a budget and uh, bring in, think about publicity and marketing early. It's just as important as anything else that you're doing. Um, you've probably heard that once or twice before in the last couple of days. Um, there's no point in making a shit hot thing if no one knows it's out. Um, brand, you know, build, build time into your shooting schedules. Um, you've got people in one place, you know, that may not happen again. Um, make the most of that. that. I mean, that goes back to what you were saying about, you know, documentation on, you know, of everything as well. Um, you know, and, and use social, depending on what you're working on and the level of secrecy around it, um, throughout, you know, it's like, I know that Taika's shooting Thor because I keep seeing pictures of his kids, you know, it's like, but he's not saying anything about the film and that's great. And it just, it just another thing to drop in there to go, oh shit, that's cool. And what a great guy he is. Great anticipation. You know, and, and just sort of think about that really organic, natural stuff. Um, Strategic, be strategic, as I've said, you know, there's not enough time, money, there's a bazillion great ideas and you're only one human or if you're lucky you might have two or three of you in one department, what a treat. Um, so be strategic, look at stuff from at a bird's eye view, what is going to push the walker furthest, um, what are... Um, you know, what are the must-haves? What, what can you let go? What can you try next time? 
Um, and also, what are you doing now, um, particularly if you are a producer with a few different projects on the go, that will serve you for the other stuff that you're going to do? Can you build something now because you know that you're actually working on other stuff and you're getting an audience, particularly on social or building EDM databases or whatever you're doing? Like, make it worthwhile. It's not a one-shot in the dark and then see it, you know? Like, keep, keep trucking. Um, so that leads into the data situation. And, you know, sure, there are specialists and, and people who can help you do that. And I can understand it feels like a, oh, my God, thing. But, you know, studios, distributors, uh, theatres, everybody is sending EDMs and collecting... <laughs> ding, ding. Um, electronically distributed mail... Newsletters, that shit that ends up in your inbox and just go, delete, 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 delete. Um, but it, it has a lot of value and particularly, um, you know, it's a, depending on what you're signing up for and how, how good you make that content, it can be a really valuable thing. Um, and then, yeah, just don't let the fear of failing stop you from trying something new. Um, but if it's your only idea, don't make it. <laughs> yeah, have a backup. <laughs> you know, like we were always told, like when I used to work at Roadshow Films, um, hey, Brooke, um, that, um, you know, like don't be afraid to try something. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, you, you're never going to do anything new if, if you don't give it a nudge. So, yeah. I'd just like to invite Gemma Gracewood to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> she loves the limelight. Love it. Ta-da! Hi. Okay. Um, before our, our last session, um, which doesn't involve any publicists really, although there is one person in the sort of general comms area, this is really our last chance while we're in the room together for a few minutes to ask AMA a publicist. Ask us anything. Anything we need to know um, or you need to know or you want to know about us. We've still, Chris is gone. We've still got Tamar, Sue, Courtney. Uh, and Leander and Adria here. So, Ness, see you at the back. How much does it cost? Well, exactly. <laughs> Would you like to talk about a sliding scale or set fee or is it hourly? Or like, do publicists get paid hourly? Do they agree to do things for fees? Do you take back end? Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Everyone works pretty differently in this yeah. space. <laughs> Yeah, I mean personally because a lot uh, because I've been doing a lot of freelance stuff for musicians who have bugger all money apart from the the beautiful NZ on air contribution, but I work with unfunded musicians as well. So um, I will have I I have a, a little bit of wiggle room depending on who it is that I'm working with and what can realistically be achieved. Um, so I can I do an hourly rate. I also do a project rate, and um, if I and if it's something that's actually quite um, intense, then I will charge accordingly. <laughs> I'm just going to jump in and say that I. Um work with a distributor who sets my fee. Um, so I don't actually set it. And that does mean if you come to us with a New Zealand feature film that it isn't for, for 24 hours a day that we can work on it because we have been given a budget. And this is often a frustration um, for filmmakers who think, oh, why, you know, why aren't you answering at 10 o'clock at night on a Friday? It's because we, just, we absolutely um, can't continuously work for free. I mean, it, we all have 
we're all here because we want to work, right? We want to put food on the table. Um, at the end of the day, I do do a lot for free. Um, and I would hate to work out my hourly rate on many, many, many New Zealand projects. But, um, but I do like to give back. But there is, yeah, at times your budget is dictated to by what's in that P&A line. Um, uh, we'll talk about the last production. Ah, uh, yes, what's P&A? Prints and advertising. Prince it's a budget. Print, print as in your film print. Yeah, it's the old Which is a very old-fashioned um, oh, yeah. term that we still get. And even advertising is an old term. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I'm 102. So no, no. No, well, no, no, but, but they, they still, still call it's it's All distributors yeah. still use it. Yeah. I'm going to um, give a really specific example, and I'm really happy to share the budget for the last project yeah. that I produced. I'm quite a fan of radical sharing as well, but uh, in, in the, in the, at the producer level, because I really struggle, uh, like... The project before the last, which was scripted and had actors, I struggled to figure out how much to pay our performers. And I had a problem getting any other producers to tell me what they did. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, but on the last one, we, uh, like I said, I had some money in other parts of the production budget. I added a week of editing. Actually, it was two weeks of editing, production editing in the production budget, which was purely for our socials. So that's what our editor was, 4.50 a day, because I don't believe in underpaying editors. Um, and that was low. Um, <laughs> this was a, you know, it's a hey, hey, so online series. So we're not talking primetime television. Um, so that was two weeks of editing, uh, plus my time helping cut those, that material. Um, we did put $1,700 in for boosted posting across Facebook and Instagram. And um, I actually just used the last of that last year during lockdown um, because we our show ended up being pulled in as part of the Ministry of Education um, stuff for learning at home. And I was like, oh, great, because I was sort of waiting and waiting to figure out when to use the last of it, when it would be useful for the New Zealand audience, because by the way, this series sells overseas constantly. And I think we just gave New Zealand an air another two, two and a half thousand dollars last week. I don't know. It just kind of, so, but for the local community who it was made for, um, yeah, I wanted to keep some back. And then we also had photography in the budget at about, and this is a photographer, a friend of mine who's a very professional photographer, Matt Grace, who I have consistently underpaid through the years. This time around, I was like, no more. Matt, you tell me how much it's going to cost to do these images and process them and deliver them. And I put that in the budget. So that was sort of, I'd gone from paying him $500 every other time to about three, two and a half to three grand. So all that squirreling things throughout the budget, um, it was around 10, I guess. But that's not, there's no specific part of that budget that says publicity and marketing, except for the boosted posts on social media. And by the way, who was boosting those posts? Me. Yeah. <laughs> Unpaid hours. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, just with, so you said around about 10 within your budget, but what was your overall budget? The overall budget was 4.99, so it's still not even coming close to what we should be spending on marketing publicity in comparison to the show to reach the right people. But in that particular instance of that show, because it, there was a high educational factor, that was the other part of the budget. We also worked with a science educator who we had worked with on our previous series, 
who has inroads into every single primary school in New Zealand and specifically every single primary school teacher who has ex expressed an interest in or been trained in teaching science wow. to primary school through to intermediate. And so we paid her a lump sum to just get it out there and gave her all the materials she needed. And she's not a publicist, she's an educator, but that was a really strong hit for us. And we ended up getting media coverage in a lot of education publications. And then on top of that, we did have some TVNZ support. We got the cover of Time Out, the reverse upside down cover of the school holiday edition <laughs> of Time Out. But learned an important lesson from that one. Um, the photo, the first photo that Matt made, for us, for them, they went, ah, oh, it's an amazing, amazing editorial photo. It is not a newspaper photo. It's too busy, it's too far away, simplify, come back. So we had to reshoot. So then I was really glad that I'd put Matt's budget up because he came <laughs> back and did that for free. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting one because sometimes, so, and Tamar's the same, I think, as me and that we have staff sometimes, which is really great to be able to uh, often come up with the overall strategy and get someone else to implement them who aren't as expensive as we are. Mm. Um, although sometimes I do that and then I end up, I think Chris even said it, he does it as well, you, you're, you, you're, you're paying your staff and you end up paying to work on something because you're, it can be so low. Um, it happens to me too, sadly. It, yeah, like if I, and if I do an hourly rate, I usually do that for really top-end things because if I did my actual hourly rate for a smaller thing, I just, it wouldn't really work. So I often do a flat, but it, it changes. Mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna, you know, one of my big things since I came back from Australia was the shockingness of the, um, and also this very experienced producers and what they would offer for unit publicity. Um, and in Australia, I worked from, you know, on productions that were and the lowest, it was 700,000. The highest was 300 million. Um, <laughs> even on those, those low ones, you still wouldn't get less than 20K as a unit publicist in Australia. Um, and that's just the unit publicity. That's just that's the unit not, publicity. It's not the release. It's not the release. And I it's will... It's not the stills photographer. That's not the stills photographer. That is me. That is, but that is me from pre-production and working right through... To, to deliver, de delivery, yeah, which can assets, be, depending on the period of... Like, depending on the 20. duration of the shoot... No less um, in Australia. ...can be six months to a year of your life. On, oh, on, a year. Like, on the luminaries, I was some, uh, probably close to two years. Yeah. As a unit publicist. I, and, it's, and it's also as well, it's also been available so often. Like I would be available for a producer if something was going wrong. It was crisis comms. It was that. And so that is actually still cool. Um, <laughs> Tamar, you've done a few web series, eh? Yes. Yeah. For yeah. Quite Low, yeah. But For Love. Yeah, and, and I think that, and I'll speak on behalf of Chris as well, and Chris probably, uh, I mean, he has staff and premises and things, and I think, I don't know, but he, he also, he talked about the fact that he also, um, they have some retainer contracts for event promotion and stuff, and I think that um, there are some jobs that you take for love and some jobs that you take for money, and the way we have to kind of end up balancing our stuff is that sometimes we will... Um, be able, you know, we will take a lower fee for a, a local job because we know that it 
deserves it and needs it and all of that sort of stuff. But if we were to do, if we were to live on that, we <laughs> we wouldn't be living. Well, so yeah, um, the fact that these international things, someone brought it up yesterday, and the fact that we've had all these international productions here has meant I've then had time to do some of the much smaller ones yeah. because the big ones. Yeah, it's that, it's, and that's the classic case in the, in, the, in the industry overall, right? Like that's for producers, that's for actors, that's for crew in general that you're able... So it's also a timing thing. If someone, if I've just worked on an Apple TV series, which I just did, and it was like three months, then I can go and do a really small New Zealand film that I feel way more passionate about. Behind the scenes is where I belong. Mm. Um, oh, gosh, there's so much I can say about this because <laughs> my publicity career started in maybe 1990. And I've worked in, under all sorts of different financial regimes and arrangements. But the one that's interesting me at the moment is um, what you're saying about having staff. I did 11 years on a contract with 20th Century Fox New Zealand. And um, it wasn't full-time because they never paid enough to make it full-time. So on top of that, I did New Zealand films and I did all sorts of other things, actually. I did some international stuff as well. The big international ones that I did was hourly rate, and that was great. And I remember an American publicist saying to me, oh, what's your rate? And I went, and she said, no, no, double it. You go, oh, okay. <laughs> but, um, you know. And double it and put it in US money. Yeah, yeah. Always quote. Always quote in US. Always, yeah. Always yeah. quote to the US. Hot US. tip. Always, always quote in US. Yeah. Oh, actually, can I just well, quickly say the oh. most I earned ever in a single day doing unit publicity was filming interviews with Howard Shaw for The oh, Hobbit yeah. Oh, yeah. in the States. And, yeah, 1,200 US a day. Yep. I did two days I, of work and took the month off. I yeah. did that for um, the unnamed project yeah. that is shooting here at the moment. I did some consultancy very early on and they needed things very, very, very urgently. And I, went, I was uh, about to go to, on holiday to Tahiti and I ne it meant that I was literally working through my holiday. And I was like, you absolute assholes. I quoted 1300 US a day. Damn, I got stiffed. <laughs> it was, this was I, more recent, so maybe it's inflation. Yeah, no, no, no. And also I did it on, again, another American project last year. And they went last minute, next week, are you available? And I was like, I'm available for this. They yeah. went, yep. I was like, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. These are so occasional stories. These are, yeah, like, exactly. this is, sorry, didn't mean fucking rare. That. That's, <laughs> that's the big stuff. And that, for me, that was quite a while in the past. Um, the other th the thing that happened to me with Fox was... In the beginning, it was really good because it was pre-social media and their fee structure worked out that the blockbuster movies coming in had a higher fee and the art house ones had a lower fee because obviously that was what they were expecting in the box office returns. And initially, that worked out well because I didn't have to do so much work on the blockbusters but a lot of work on the art house and, that, and it kind of balanced out and it was sort of okay. But gradually and there was a management change as well, the work demands for the blockbusters became enormous and the art house expectation was even higher. So in the end, and, and so I had to employ staff. So in the end, my accountant said to me, you can't afford to work for this company. Um, there were other things going on as well, but that was my main motivation for moving out of it after all those years, which seems kind of crazy. Um, so, and then the other pay structure I've worked under is New Zealand films where they say, will you do it? And I go, oh, yeah, that sounds really good. Um, how much money have you got? <laughs> and, they, oh, yeah. and they tell me, and then I go, okay. 
and you know, stupidly. because there's no other option. Exactly. Yeah, because the budget. No, if you want to do budgets, it, yeah, the budget. Yeah. You, think you think there's no your time. negotiation, and there's no negotiation. So there's yeah. one recently. Jim, please, 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 never do this to someone. I was talking yeah. to them for three weeks, and I was getting so excited about the project, and we were talking about it. This person was very experienced, and so I'm sitting there going, "We're getting into it," and I'm like, "Okay, can we talk?" Like now we need to do the deal, we need to do the deal. A week before it's shooting, they sit down, I'm in their office and they go, this is how much it pays. Here's your peanuts. And I literally went, are you missing a digit? Yeah. Wow. And yeah. I was like, this is a quarter, this is a third of my absolute lowest. I was like, I can't, but I was so invested already in this. And it was, it was like, also I was like, Courtney, you emotional piece of shit, like walk away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was... Um, and that was that was that was calculated. That was purposefully done. Oh, I, think. Um, yeah. I don't think for me it's ever been purposefully done to me. But yeah. but yes, emotional connection. Emo is yeah, yeah, yeah. Stupid All financially. Of that. <laughs> um, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, yeah. I did do. I did. Um, I, I walked away because I knew there was some. There was a couple of things on that production where I knew some people were going to get thrown under the bus if the right person didn't look after them. That talent care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Max. The other thing I always tried to yeah. do was I did one film pro bono every year, and that was just for my own good feeling. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, the answer is how much does it cost? <laughs> Yeah. How, how long is a piece of string? The question we was how much like, it When we started our I, budget, I, I mean, yeah. I can talk to this, because we yeah, started this yeah. document, which was kind of the toolkit, and we started to put some figures in, and it was literally like, oh, that would be somewhere between $1,500 and $30,000. Like, yeah. that's yeah. the sliding scale. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's Because it's how many episodes have you got of your series? How long are those episodes? What's the platform that it's sitting on? All of those questions relate. And how long is the duration of your shoot? How long are you requiring mm. your publicist to be attached? for. So actually it's at the point where you're devising your budget that maybe you actually have that coffee with a publicist yes. yeah. coming back to the point of the session and and go what what would my ideal cost me and then go away and work out what can you actually afford. For someone like I've never worked with a publicist, when you first reach out before the coffee um, catch up, <laughs> what do you what do you like to get from that person? Do you like to get like a one pager? Do you want to get the budget up front? Like what's helpful for us when reaching out? Uh, we need to know exactly where you are at with your project and what your vision is ideally for a catch-up. So is it that you've got a great script and now you need to work out the crew around you? People can give you advice in that area. Um, you know, you might need a production accountant. I mean, it can be it can be super, super varied, but in its infancy, I think um, having a conversation, most of us will give you a conversation, by the way, and we will establish yeah. where it is that you're at with your project. Um, so Call me. And we will, we will probably yes, buy yeah. you the coffee. No, we'll, no, I was going to say, I... You should buy us the coffee, but Change let's be realistic. We'll probably buy you the yeah. coffee. Um, so don't, don't be scared to approach publicists. Um, but it is good to know if you have a budget or not up front. Don't kind of, you know, just if, let us know. If you've got no money, then we can perhaps point you in the direction of a mentoring scheme or, you know, other, other tools that might help you just get started and some hot tips for you to do on your own. But yeah, develop where where you're at, and it'll be the real specifics will be like what Tamara had said: how many weeks shooting, is it what, where is it going to go? Just all as much detail essentially as, as you, you already have. As That's, you already, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. We'll just mine your brain. Yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah the yeah. thing is, we, we've done these questions. We'll, yeah, we've, we've asked these questions a million times. And your hopes and dreams. The A to Z of Publicity Workshop podcasts are proudly supported by New Zealand On Air's Industry Development Fund, the US Embassy, and Images and Sound. Music for the podcast was provided by Poddington Bear, Fakatoki by Lalena Feonati, and voiceover by Gemma Gracewood. Kia ora.